Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Come on, if you have your Bibles, go to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. Um, today is a, a, a unique Sunday where in the, in, the, in the Christian circles, in the Christian faith, this is what we call Palm Sunday. And um, today we're going to look at, at Palm Sunday and what that means. Uh, I'm, I just got to be upfront and honest with you. This is going to be a shortened version because it's already 9:35 and we need to be done by 10. So if you want more of this, you can either go on the U Version Bible app and go to the Events tab, and you can have all my notes there. Or you're more than welcome to stick around for the 10:30 service um, if you want to. <clears throat> but today is what we call Palm Sunday, and so uh, today and Friday night we're going to have a night of worship, and we're going to celebrate. Good Friday, and then next Sunday being Resurrection Day, we're going to walk through this journey of, of this last week, if you will, of Jesus's earthly life before he died and, and rose again. And, and we're going to take this journey. And many Christians, when they think about this journey and where they talk about this journey of Palm Sunday to Resurrection Day, many times they talk about it as a journey to the cross. And the cross becomes this symbol for our faith. And, and, and rightly so, because the cross is the place where Jesus died for us, where Jesus... Um, laid down his life and paid the price for our sins and 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 he and he did that because we can't do that we weren't we're not able to do that we we're not perfect and pure and holy it's only through the cross and and what he did on the cross and allowing himself to be beaten and broken and his blood to be shed and giving up his spirit and 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 paying that price for us that we are able to be righteous that we are able to be saved that we're able to be Christians but what we're going to talk about over this week this Sunday, Friday, and next Sunday is not a journey to the cross. This is a journey to the, the rolled away stone. Because if you remember the story, yeah, Jesus died on the cross, but when did we find out that he rose again? He, we found out that he rose again when the, when the stone was rolled away, right? And, and the women came to the tomb, and they found that the stone was rolled away, and they found that the tomb was empty. See, the journey is not to the cross. The journey is to an empty tomb that was behind a rolled away stone. And, and, and over tonight and Friday and, and next Sunday, we're going to learn that all of our journeys, because we're all on a journey. Some of us are on a good journey. Our journey's been good so far. Some of our journeys we look at and say it's been mostly not good. And some of our journey's been kind of in between. Some of us are running our journey. Some of us are walking. Some of us are crawling or limping through our journeys. But we're all on a journey. And, and I believe that our journeys all end at the same location. They all end at an empty tomb. They all end behind that rolled away stone, if you will. And man, we're going to look at that. We're going to start with uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 1. It says, when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage, this is uh, Jesus and his disciples. In Bethany at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. And if anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it and will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found a colt tied at a door outside in the street and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said and they let them go. 
Now, many times we, especially even in Palm Sunday or in reading of the, 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 the Palm Sunday um, verses, this is in all four Gospels, we kind of skip over these first six verses. Like, okay, Jesus told them to go get a donkey. They found a donkey and they brought it back. And Jesus said, if anybody asks them, just tell them that the Lord needs it and he'll bring it back immediately. And we think, okay, yeah, yeah, cool. But this is a miracle. This is a miracle. Jesus is saying, hey, you're going to go in to this, to this area, and there's going to happen to be this donkey there that nobody's ever sat on waiting for you. It's going to be tied. Untie it and, and take it. Steal it. No, no, don't steal it. I guess, I guess it's not stealing if Jesus told you to do it. I don't know, I don't know how to really reconcile that. Because what they didn't do, it's like when Jesus went and got the boat, went on the boat, and it's like the, the fishermen were out there on the boat. He goes out there on the boat. He's like, hey, y'all cool with this? Like I'm already in your boat out there on the water, are y'all good with this? You know, it's like touching the food and being like, hey, you mind if I have a piece? Like, dude, you already touched it. Like, yeah, I guess. I mean, that's what Jesus, he didn't say go find the owners and ask them if we can use this donkey. He said go take it, and if they say anything, tell them I need it. <laughs> like, that's stealing. <laughs> We're not going to get into the theology of that, but, 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 but sometimes we read over this and we see this as just something that happened. But this is a miracle. But this is not a spectacular miracle. I mean, think about the disciples. They had seen Jesus and Peter walk on water. They had seen Jesus stop storms. They had seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. They had seen these spectacular miracles. This is, this is, go get a donkey. This is not spectacular. This is mundane. This is just, Jesus said to do it, I did it, and it happened. And if you think about your journey, in your journey, there's been things that Jesus told you to do, and they happened. He told you to do it, you did it, it happened. That there's been things where it's happened many times. And because it's happened many times, it's kind of become an unspectacular, mundane obedience issue that you no longer even recognize as a miracle because it's not walking on water it's not the raising of the dead maybe the 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 miracles that you no longer recognize are because they don't happen in a spectacular way or maybe it's something that happens that you're not really excited about I don't think the disciples were particularly excited about going and finding a donkey and bringing it back to Jesus and you think about it what did the disciples really get out of this I mean, not really anything. They just did what Jesus said, went and got a donkey, brought it back, said this to these people, they let him go. And, and there are going to be times, if not already in your life or in your journey, where you've experienced these kind of things and they've happened so many times, they're unspectacular or you're not really excited about it. And, and it becomes easy on our journey to overlook the miraculous because it's become mundane. Because it's unspectacular, we, we tend to overlook it. it. It becomes easy to just overlook the fact that you make more money than your parents ever did. You live in a nicer house than your parents ever did. It becomes easy to overlook the unspectacular day-to-day health of your body until it isn't. it's easy to overlook and not be super excited about another opportunity to serve at your church, whether this is your church or somewhere else is your church. When you get into the routine of it and and doing it over and over, it becomes easy to be like, ah, I'm not excited about that. This is just going and getting a donkey. 
But Jesus needed this donkey to fulfill the prophecy in Zechariah, because it's, and because Jesus said it, it happened. And yes, it can be easy to overlook the miraculous because it becomes mundane or it's unspectacular, but Jesus' promises are faithful. They are solid. When he says something, he will do it, just like we were singing about here. If he gives you instructions and you follow those instructions, then the promises that he gives with those instructions, they will come to pass every single time, whether you recognize it or not. But when we keep reading here in verse 7, it says, and they brought the coat of Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Now, let me give you this. I got to give you this quickly because we don't have much time here. Um, kings rode on horses when they went into battle. But kings also rode on donkeys. So what Jesus is doing here by getting on this donkey and riding into Jerusalem, first of all, he's claiming to be a king because this is what kings did. Kings rode in on donkeys. Second of all, he's claiming to be Messiah because the people in Jerusalem, they understood the prophecies, especially during Passover, of a king riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. And the third thing is Jesus is telling everyone that he's not coming to bring war or battle. He's not coming in on a horse. He's coming in on a donkey. He's coming to bring peace. He is a king of peace. He is the Messiah who brings us peace. And then in verse 8, it says, And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. This is where we get Palm Sunday from the palm branches, the, 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 the leafy branches, the palm branches. They were a Jewish symbol of victory. This is an act of royal homage. This is people um, worshiping. This is a spectacular, um, royal, extravagant processional, if you will, of Jesus riding in on a donkey and people waving and laying down these palm branches and says and those who went before and those who followed were shouting hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord blessed is the coming kingdom of our father david hosanna in the highest now the word hosanna means save now it's only used a few times in scripture and originally um, in psalms it was a term uh, that was used during prayer but by this time it had it had morphed into a praise it had morphed into something that you would say as an act of worship, as an act of praise to someone. And so here, the people are shouting Hosanna. They're shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They are shouting praises to Jesus. But if you know what happens on Friday, then you know that these praises are empty praises. Because these same people on Friday were shouting, crucify him. Crucify him. Now, now, now Sunday, Palm Sunday, they're shouting Hosanna. You're coming in the name of the Lord. You're blessed. I'm actually promising myself to follow you. This is what they're saying here. They're, they're not just praising him, but they're making a declaration that they are acknowledging that Jesus is king, that he's Messiah, that he is their savior, and they want him to be their savior. They're acknowledging him as their savior. They're essentially promising to follow him as their savior. But on Friday, those promises and those praises will be emptied, and they'll be shouting, crucify him. See, on our journey and on Jesus' journey to this rolled away stone, there are going to be people at times on your journey that are going to shout praises. They're going to offer promises. But they're going to be empty. They're going to be empty. Peter said, Jesus, I would never deny you. I would never deny you. 
never would I deny you. And Jesus says, that's an empty promise. That's an empty praise. Actually, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. The disciples, they all, Jesus. There was a point where, where, where everybody leaves and, and, and Jesus like, disciples, are y'all going to leave too? These 12, are y'all going to leave? And they're like, no, where would we go? We got nowhere to go. We're with you. You're, you're the one that has life. And, and then we find out this week that they all left. They all left. And you know what? We are like Peter and the disciples. Before we get so hurt and angry and judgmental at those people along our journey that have given us empty praise and empty promises, remember, you've done the same thing. I've done the same thing. We've not only been the recipient of empty promises and empty praises, but we've been the giver of empty promises and empty praises. It's part of the journey. But when you look at this story and you realize that Jesus' promises, they happened just like he said. But the men and women that were shouting praises and promises to Jesus, those were empty. Then we can look at that and we can say, I am going to put my trust solely and completely in the promises of Jesus and never in the promises and praises of man. It doesn't mean that I become hard and cynical towards the promises and the praises of man. Listen, I, I'm telling you, I, 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 don't know, I, I don't know that I'll ever get there. I still enjoy the promises and praises of men. I, I do. And listen, when you come up and you say, good job, I appreciate that. I have to guard against not appreciating it too much. It's not that I don't appreciate it. I have to guard against not appreciating it too much. We, we are built and made to live relationally. So, so we need those connections, meaning we need those praises for men and women. We need those promises that somebody's going to be with us through the thick and the thin, but we all miss it. And we all make mistakes. And part of this journey, Jesus, when you look at Luke's account, oh man, I'm so out of time. When you look at Luke's account, it says that, that before he, he wrote in, he looked at the city and he wept. Not because he knew this essentially was a part of the journey to him being crucified. He wept for the people. He knew they were giving empty promises and empty praises. Jesus knew what was going to happen on Friday, and he still came on Palm Sunday. He didn't shy away from riding in on a donkey and proclaiming himself to be king and Messiah. He, he, he didn't shy away from stepping into the difficulties that he knew was coming his way, the empty praises and the empty promises. He knew they were empty, and he stepped into it anyway. But he wept, not for himself, but for the people. And I believe he still weeps for us. Because on our journey, we're going to have the same thing. And, and listen, listen. When you take the praises of Hosanna, blessed is this king, my savior, save me now. When you take those praises and, the, and those promises and you compare them to go to this town and grab a donkey. And if anybody says anything, tell them it's all right, I'll bring it back. Like the praises of man, the promises of man, they sound better. They get us more excited. But the only one that is faithful and true is go get the donkey. And there are times 
where, where, where there will be people giving you empty praise. And God's saying, go get the donkey. And you're like, but God, they love me. They need me. They've promised to always be with me. And God's like, go to this other village. Go get the donkey. But God, the donkey isn't going to do me any good. Their praises do me a lot of good. Their promise to support the mission and the vision that you've given me as a Christian, as a man, as whatever. Like, that'll do me a lot of good. Go get the donkey. But God, go get the donkey. Is Anybody can go get the donkey. Can't you just send the donkey? Can't you just talk to the donkey from here? Why do I got to go get the donkey? Like, the donkey can listen. You're God. Just tell the donkey to untie himself and, and hop on over. God's saying, go get the donkey. Go get the donkey. And when God tells you to go get the donkey, he accounts for everything that could happen while you go get the donkey. Because if anybody asks you, just tell them this. But go do what I said. And listen, I believe, I believe that God has, is saying to us right now, there are things that you've been doing on your journey that are mundane, that are unspectacular, that you have lost sight of the fact that this is miraculous. You have lost sight of the fact that you are a single mom and, and you are doing an amazing job. You have lost sight of the fact that you've been following Jesus for years now and your life is completely different than the way it was before. You've lost sight of the fact that, that there was a time where you didn't have $100 in your bank account. And now, if you have $1,000 in there, you're like, oh God, there's spending freeze in our house. I mean, we lose sight of the fact that in our everyday, what we consider to be unspectacular and mundane of God telling us to go get the donkey and bring it back and go get the donkey and bring it back and go get the donkey and bring it back. Because in those moments of faithful obedience in the mundane is often where God does his most powerful work. I got to close with this. On the way here, I was driving here this morning. And God just reminded me of, of one of the ministers that was at our church in Atlanta way back when my wife and I were there in our church in Atlanta. And, and he, was, he was, I think he was an assistant pastor. And I was driving here and it was, God was just reminding me like, man, God used this guy in my life so strongly that I didn't even, I don't even know that I recognized until driving here. I mean, I knew he was amazing and I knew I loved him and I knew he had done so much for me, but I look back and I was thinking about what God is doing in our brotherhood, what God is doing in our faith groups, what God is doing in our church of connecting us and doing life together. And I was reminded that God showed me that through that guy. And it wasn't some amazing sermon that he preached. Actually, at one time, the last sermon I heard him preach, um, he, we got to be friends good enough where he was like, hey, so what'd you think? And I was like, it was good. And I was like, no, 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 I really want you to really think. I was like, well, why are you yelling at us the whole time? <laughs> it wasn't about his sermons. It wasn't about his sermons. But, but here's what he showed me. Everyday life, man, he showed me discipleship relationally. Not about walking us through a class or a sermon or a topic, but living life and showing me what it means to really follow Jesus. Through a car ride, through a lunch, through going to play golf, through going to whatever, coming to, when I was coaching basketball, coming to the games, to come over and watch the kids and just, just life. And, and he, he, he looked at that as just going and getting the donkey. 
This is just what God was telling him to do. Just go get the donkey and bring it here. Just go get the donkey and bring it here. And I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that every piece of whatever fruit God, God produces out of my life, he gets credit for too. Did I mention I got to close? Do not allow yourself to become dull and hardened to the mundane, repetitive, unspectacular tasks that God gives you to do. I would challenge you today to step back and look at the last seven days and identify where are those miracles that I no longer recognize as miracles. Because we need to acknowledge them and recognize them because they will energize us. They will empower us to keep going. Keep going and getting that donkey and bringing it back. Keep going, keep going, keep going. And then one day we'll look up and say, man, I'm sure not where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I used to be. God doesn't always move in the spectacular. Now Sunday, next Sunday, we're going to talk about the spectacular. We're going to talk about the miraculous um, of that rolled away stone and that tomb being empty. But, but listen, in, in between now and them, I, I challenge you to go back and look at what Jesus did each day during this week. It's a fascinating study. But it was so much of um, mundane and miracles, unspectacular and spectacular. The power of God moving in Jesus' last days here on the earth and us being able to learn from that. That yes, God will do the spectacular. He'll do the miraculous. He will blow your mind and there'll be times where you look back and like, wow, God, you did that in an instant. But there'll be so many other times you look back and say, God, you did that over a lifetime and they're both powerful and God desires us to be those people that follow him in that way I didn't even get to all the verses but don't ever put your trust more in the empty praises and promises of people than you put it in the ordinary in the mundane asks of God every head bowed every eye closed in prayer just for a moment um, if the worship team if the music team could could come up we're just going to really quickly just make sure that everybody in here has an opportunity to, to be on this journey that ends in an empty tomb. And, and what I mean by that is, yes, we're all living this life, and, and that's where all these journeys end because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. I just want to make sure that everybody in here has an opportunity to do that before it's too late. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe rate and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.